Praise God. God. Let's say once again, welcome to all of our guests. We're so glad you're here today, worshiping with us this morning. We welcome you here today. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. You may take your seats this morning. The Lord bless you. Thank you for your worship today. Tremendous presence of God that is in here uh, as we are worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus today. And uh, it's always good to have Jesus backing you up in the spirit, but it's good to have Jesus backing you up in the flesh. Dude, that's good right there. Praise God. I like that. And um, so we're excited about that. And um, moving forward, and also uh, really quickly, on a total personal note, uh, not very spiritual, but thank you big time to Brother Adam for hooking me up with this mat. Thank you, Adam. The only thing I will say, though, is a clause. When Bishop Wright comes, let's hide it. Because it's really comfortable. And if he gets comfortable on his feet, ooh, Lord, help us. So when it comes, we may put like a concrete up here. Because this feels good. Feels good. I'm a, I'm a walker when I, like, when I preach, but I might just have to stay right here. It feels good. So thank you, Adam, for that. But let's hide it when the bishop comes. We don't, ooh, praise God. I love it. A couple years ago, several months ago, one of the Anakinites, he said, I don't know how long ago my feet hurt. Hour and 45 minutes later, I'm like, either his feet are completely numb and he forgot the fact that they hurt, or God has healed him, or somewhere in the middle. So praise God. Luke chapter 6, you can remain seated. Luke chapter 6, and we'll read beginning with verse number 6. Luke 6, beginning with verse number 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. Sorry, here my iPad is loading. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said unto the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he rose and, and, he rose and stood. Then Jesus said unto him, I will ask you one thing. It is lawful on the Sabbath to, to do good or to do evil to save a life or to destroy it. And he looked around at them all. He said to the man, stretch forth, stretch out your hand. I want to talk to you today for a few minutes as the Lord helps us on uh, using your weaknesses. Using your weaknesses. We find in the scripture that uh, Jesus could have easily spoken to this man and could have easily spoke to him and said, be healed. Jesus did that many times. Fine in cases, many times Jesus just spoke the word. But in this case, he asked the man specifically, stretch out your hand. And so today I believe that can give us some insight into the fact that God can love you and use you despite your weaknesses. Today it is established fact in here today whether you want to admit it or not. Every one of us has weaknesses. 
There are physical weaknesses in here, emotional weaknesses, relational weaknesses, financial weaknesses. It doesn't matter what the label on it is today. We all have weaknesses. Thank you for the ten honest people. For those of you that didn't say amen, it's still true. So the issue today is not, do I have weakness? It is not my desire today, or the desire as I follow the Holy Ghost, it is not my desire today to convince you that you have a weakness. If I, if I have to convince you you have a weakness, we've already lost the bottle. You've got a weakness. If you're, so, if you're self-deceived and you say, I don't have any weaknesses, that's a whole other subject for a whole other day. But the fact of the matter is not to try to convince you that you don't have weaknesses, but it's to figure out, I have weaknesses, now what do I do with them? Because it is the nature to figure out, why do I have a weakness and what do I do about it? And most of us in here today, that weakness is usually the thing that comes up the most in our life. Usually it's the thing that has caused us the most Shame, it can cause us the most grief, it can cause the most frustration. Because it's that area of our life, whatever it may be, it's that area of our life that constantly reminds us of how flawed we truly are. And all of us in here, all of us, especially those of us that are older and, 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 and are not a child anymore, and we've grown older, even teenagers in here today, and even, even young adults that are just getting out of high school, all of us in here today have done within our own power things to try to overcome our weaknesses. There may be gyms that you can go to to make yourself physically stronger but there are very few places that you can go to overcome some weaknesses in your life. There's not a magic button. There's not a program to it. So the point is, I've got a weakness. What do I do with it? Isaiah 55 in the Living Bible says this, This plan of mine is not what you would work out, neither are my thoughts for you the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. What does that mean? It means simply this. That was the Living Bible. Let me give you Joel's version. God's smarter than you. Isn't that good? I, just, some, I took two verses and combined it into one sentence. God's smarter than you. Now, there's some smart people in here today. There's some people that think they're smart. I'm not sure you're that smart, but you think you are. There's some smart people in here today. But bottom line... God is smarter than all of us. And God's ways are above our ways. And God's thoughts are above our thoughts. And just a side note today, that's why sometimes you won't get the why to everything. Very simple illustration. I've used it a lot. But in regards to my kids, there are some times that my, kid, my, 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 my children will ask me, or you're a parent today, your kids have asked the same thing. Why? You love your kids. You care about them. But there's some things you can't answer because you can't give them a why. Because you know that the reason for the why is way beyond their level of understanding. So what do you say? It's a why? Just because I said so. Most kids don't say, okay, that's good enough. I appreciate it. Got it. Thank you. Good. They usually come back with, but why? 
Because I said so. No, seriously, but why? Because I said so. But dad, why? And then what do we do? We just stop talking. Because there's no point of arguing. Doesn't this sound a lot like about us and God? God, why? It's just my will. But God, why? And then all of a sudden we ask enough why, and what has happened? Heaven goes silent. You're like, hello? God, are you home? Why? Is it because, come on, you've got to honestly work with me just for a moment. Do you think God, let's just, let's just play this for a moment. Do you think God is up there like some petty teenager? And you're saying, God, why? You go, he goes, I'm not going to tell you. But God, why? I'm not telling you. God, God, why? I'm not telling you. I'm just not telling you. You're just going to have to keep going on all by yourself. Just suffer. I'm not telling you. Gabriel, go get me some water. You really think God operates like that? You think God's that petty? Seriously. You know what? There's some people in here today. You got some big whys. A totally different subject, but the Lord's just working. You've got some huge whys. And you are absolutely giving every ounce of your mental, emotional, physical strength to figure out the why. And God's not telling you. You know why? His waves are above your ways. His thoughts are above your thoughts. I can't sit down to my five-year-old and explain to him calculus. He can't even add. He doesn't understand all of the intricacies of all of this technical stuff because he doesn't understand the basics. You know what? I'm not even a kindergartner. And God's a doctor with 500 degrees. There's some things he can't explain to me. I don't know sometimes why I've got the weaknesses I do. I don't know why. Sometimes I've, I've frustrated and I've spent, I've spent a lot of hours frustrated why I'm weak in the areas. But you know what? To this point, Brother Jenny, God has come down and said, now let me explain to you why you're weak in these areas. So when we talk about our weakness, we're not talking about necessarily sin or character flaws. You know, don't tell me you're weak because you're impatient. Don't tell me your weakness is your greed. Don't tell me you're weak because you're lazy. These aren't the weaknesses I'm talking about today. Those are character flaws. Don't tell me you're a jerk and that's just, oh, that's my weakness. No, you're a jerk. (laughs) Don't tell me that. So we're not talking about character flaws today. What we're going to define today for the sake of going forward, we're going to define weakness as any limitation in my life that I inherited or cannot change. A weakness is any limitation in my life that I inherited or cannot change. There's tons of, phys- with tons of ways we can define that today. Physical defects, external circumstances that we can't control, unexpected financial setbacks, relationship pressures, emotional tendencies, some things that our ability to do those things, we don't have the talent necessary to carry out these tasks. And even God understood these things because he said in Corinthians, we have this treasure from God, but we put it in earthen vessels. 
earthen vessels, vessels that are easily broken, vessels that are easily chipped, vessels that are easily become cracked. Things about our lives that I can't change. It doesn't matter how much I change, I can't change it. And there's some things that if I could change, I would change them, but they're beyond my control to change. These are the weaknesses we're talking about today. So, we understand today that I have weaknesses. I could go on for hours today trying to discuss to you the intricacies of your weakness. But I think with that definition today that we just read, that weakness is any limitation in my life that I inherited or cannot change. When I make that statement, all of us in this room immediately go to something. All of us. All of us go to something in our life right now that we are desperately trying to change. We've all had that talk in the mirror. All of us. We've all had that face-to-face talk and it goes something like this. I'm never going to do that again. That's it. January 1st is a new day. I'm never going to eat that again. No more donuts from me. Except Saturdays and Sundays. And days that end in Y. We have these things. And we've tried hard. So we've got them. And the problem is. Sometimes God could change them if he wanted to. But he doesn't. That's sort of the frustration in here today sometimes in my life is, I know God can, but he won't. I know God can. I know good well there's things in my life right now that God could change. I mean, only part of the Red Sea. Created the earth in six days. He could change some stuff in my life. He could have someone show up my front porch today, knock on the door with an envelope and give me money and say, I know you got a financial need, here it is. He could do that. He could send me down to 7-Eleven and speak to me. The pick six, praise the Lord. Some of you have tried that. It doesn't work. Stop trying. Now, God, if I win the Powerball, I promise I'm going to give half to you. No, you won't. Stop lying. And God knows it too. I mean, we had this, we had this person come for years and, uh, and, and they promised they were dead serious. They had promised. Now, I'm telling you, when I win the lottery, I'm letting you know that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay my pay, pay tithe to the church when I win my lottery. I'm like, if you would just take that money you're spending on the lottery and give it to the kingdom, God would bless you anyways. Well, it's been about 30 years. They still haven't won the lottery. But one day they're going to win it. God could do these things, but he chooses not to. So what do we do and where do we go from there? So... How do we go from the fact that we do have weaknesses and what do we do about it? Well, the first thing we've got to do in this place and every one of us in here today has got to do is you've got to admit you've got a weakness. How many of you ain't, don't raise your hand, just act like it. How many of you here, you know weaknesses in other people, but they don't see it or they won't admit it? Wives, focus your attention straight forward. Do not look to the right or your left. Focus. All the women in here, focus. Look at Jesus. He's the perfect author and the finisher of your faith. 
I like Vanna White today. Can I get an S? Bring. Look up here. Don't look at your husband. We don't need marital issues. Every person in here today knows people. They don't admit they have weaknesses. There are some people, my God. Every teenager in this place doesn't admit they have a weakness. They think everything, they're the smartest. Everyone else is just trying to catch up to them. But the first thing you got to do is simple. You got to admit, we talked about it today and unlocking the Bible. First thing I got to do is I got to admit I've got sin. To need a savior, I've got to admit I need something to be saved from. A savior by definition is saving. And I've got to admit I need saving. If I don't need saving, I don't need a savior. And therefore, God becomes my genie. God becomes my butler. Because he's somebody I go to when I have a need and expect him to solve that need right away because I don't understand the flaws in my life. The fact that I realize if he never answers another prayer and never supplies another need in my life, I still need him because I need a Savior. Because without a Savior, I can't make it. God is not my genie. God's not somebody that I go to that I can have my wishes granted. That I can go to him and say, God, I need A, B, C, D, and I'd like you to do it just like this. And he'd go, off to do it. Okay, Joel, what did you like? What's next? And me to come every Sunday with my Christmas list, and I sit on Jesus' lap, and I say, Jesus, here's what I'd like for Christmas. And the next week, everything happens. If he never answers one more prayer, I still need a Savior. If I leave out here today and my world falls apart and I've got nowhere to go, I still need a Savior. If everything in my life suddenly becomes perfect and I have everything that I get and everything perfect, i got the best job, the best car, the best home, the best clothes, I still need a Savior because inside of me there's still this nature inside of me, this sinful nature that needs a Savior doesn't matter how long I've been in church. It doesn't matter how long I've attended. It doesn't matter how long I've prayed. There's still a need for a Savior. In order, to, in order to see the blessing, and we'll get to this in a minute, to see the blessing of my weakness, I've got to admit I've got a weakness. Because when I see that I have a weakness, then I can get the blessing that comes with having a weakness. You see, when I admit I have sin, I get the benefit of a Savior. Woo! And if you've never had the benefit of the Savior, you don't know what you're missing. But you can't get the benefit of the Savior without the mission of the need for a Savior. And I'm, we're going to get to it in a minute. But there's blessing and weakness. But I can't find the blessing and weakness until I first admit that I've got a weakness. If I don't admit it today, the next 15, 20 minutes is going to be absolutely a waste of time for you. Because you're going to walk out of there going, well, I know who that was for. That was for so-and-so. You're going to get in the car and look over across the next to you and say, were you listening today? <laughs> and by the time you get to Chipotle or wherever you're going to get food, it's going to be on, baby. <laughs> ding, 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 round one. No, were you listening? No, were you listening? He was talking to you. He was talking to you. 
Yes, I can do marriage counseling Tuesday at 7. Okay, good. So we have to admit the, the need that, I, that I've got a weakness. That's not an easy thing. I've got to admit to you. I, 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 let me stop for a moment. I've got to admit, admitting my weakness is not an easy thing. And I'm going to say it. Let's just call it what it is. Men is a lot harder because we men are strong. <laughs> Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. I strong. I have no weakness. No tears come out of this eye. Get up, son. There's no crying in this family. Daughter sheds one tear. Oh, baby, don't cry. Son cuts his leg off. Get up, son. It'll be okay. There's no crying in this family. That's what we're taught as men. So, ladies, can I stop for a minute and have a men's session? Men, you have weaknesses. Thank you, Brother Johnny. Me and you are tight. Brother Johnny admitted amen to that. Men, it doesn't matter how strong you are physically, you've got weaknesses. I very find it very hard, very, very unusual that a woman struggles admitting her weaknesses, but men, whoo, my God. It's built into us. It's built into us to hide. It's built into us to suck it up. Don't show pain. Don't show discomfort. Suck it up. All of you in the military that went through boot camp. Built into you. They play off that. Suck it up. Come on. Don't show. And it's hard, brethren. It's really hard for us to admit that we have weaknesses. So the first thing I got to do is I've got to admit that I've got a weakness. You know what's sad? And this is something I can, I can testify to in my own life. Sometimes God has to bring things into our lives to get us to the point where we can admit our weaknesses. We call them crises, crisis. But really a crisis is a weakness identifier. Oh, praise God. Ooh, that just went over well, didn't it? I could feel it. A crisis is a weakness identifier. Why do you think most of the time, if you're a believer, that when you go through crisis, it gets you closer to God? It's because usually that crisis brings out your weaknesses and you turn to God to be your strength. So what do I do? I got to admit my weakness. Second thing, and this is tough. Woo! I got to be grateful for my weaknesses. Hold up. That mat is coming to your head, preacher. You told me I got to admit. You know how hard it's been for me to admit my weakness? And now you're telling me I got to be grateful for my weaknesses? Way too much, too soon. Back it down. No way. 
I've been coming to church for 20 years to get rid of my weakness. Now you're telling me to accept my weakness. And on top of that, you're telling me to be grateful for my weaknesses. What are you doing to me? I'm not doing anything to you. Because you know what? Let's go back and read what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 8. So I'm not making it up. I'm going to let you read it with me. Concerning this thing, what was this thing? This is Paul writing, and Paul's writing about a thing in his in his wife in his life that was a weakness. In fact, he used the term he called it a thorn in the flesh. And this is what he said: Concerning this thing, I pleaded, not prayed, not asked. I pleaded, pleaded. We've all had those pleading moments with God. I pleaded with the Lord, not once. Not twice, three times I pleaded with the Lord that it might depart from me. I think I'm well past three on some stuff in my life. But the next verse says this. And then he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. We like to stop right there. See, my grace is sufficient. I'm going, he's going to take care of my weaknesses. Not the whole thing. For my strength is made perfect. Where? Whoa, 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 whoa. In weakness. Time out. You're telling me, God, that my weaknesses are going to be the avenue to my greatest blessing? So that which I've been trying to get rid of, that's what you've been trying to bless me with? Woo! I don't understand that. So this is what Paul said. I don't know if he got the revelation right there or it took him a little bit, but then Paul made the statement, which is just crazy to me because I can't tell you that I'm there, but he makes this statement. Therefore, most gladly, not gladly, most gladly, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So now I'm telling me, you got to admit that you got a weakness. And now Paul's telling you, you can get to the point where you walk around proud of your weaknesses. I'm a pride. Okay, pride's a bad. But just, I got a weakness. Hey, you know what? I got a weakness. I got weaknesses in my life. He was happy about his weaknesses. He was happy about his weaknesses. Maybe you're there. Give me some time. I'm coming. I'm not there yet. So I'm helping your prayer time. Pray for me. But Paul got to the point that when he understand the power of his weaknesses, he understand the beauty that he said, in fact, I've stopped praying about my weaknesses. It's almost as if he was saying, I'm praying God, give me more weaknesses. He said, I'm most gladly in my infirmities because it's infirmities. And I'm going to read to you another, here's an, here's, here it is, the same deal in a different translation. It says, three times I begged the Lord, for it to leave me. But his reply has been, my grace is enough for you. For where there is weakness, my power is shown completely. Therefore, I cheerfully made up my mind to be proud of my weakness because they mean a deeper experience with the power of Christ. Woo! 
I got to read that one more time just for me. Time out for a moment. I got to bless myself. Therefore, he said, my grace is enough for you. For where there is weakness, my power is shown the more completely. Therefore, we need to have a therefore today. You need to walk out of your heaven a therefore moment. Therefore, I cheerfully made up my mind to be proud of my weakness because they mean a deeper experience with the power of Christ. What you've been trying to get rid of God wants to use as an avenue to take you and show you a greater dimension of who he is. So why in the world, why in the world would anybody take pleasure in their weakness? Because Paul just told us it's a fact. Because this weakness does some things. First of all, you know what my weakness does? Number one, it guarantees God's help. If you're taking notes, write these down. Here's the thing that my weakness guarantees. Number one, it guarantees God's help. What's the Bible say? God draws nigh to those who got it all together. God draws nigh to those who look the best, who have the best. He says, draw nigh to those with, what? Two things. Broken and contrite. That mean broken doesn't just literally mean cracked. It literally means crushed. Crushed. He draws nigh. So the first thing it does is it guarantees God's help. Paul said it, for when I'm weak, you are strong. Second thing it does, it keeps me humble. I know some of you don't have that problem. Some of us do. Because Paul said it this way, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing Great revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. What is a thorn? A thorn is a weakness. So, weakness guarantees God's help. Weakness prevents me from becoming prideful. And the third thing it does is, ready? Weakness causes me to value others. Weakness causes me to value others. That's what the beauty of being a part of a body is about. You know what? I will say that is the beauty. And if, if your relationship is like this, then please forgive me. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just talking about the beauty of what God has given me. The beauty of my relationship with my wife is, is that she is strong in the areas of my weaknesses. And I am Strong in the area of her weaknesses. And it is a beautiful balance. Because if you put two people together that have equal strengths and equal weaknesses, you have people that will go extremely high and extremely low. But if you have a weakness, you have a relationship where it's balanced, that relationship can become balanced. God is a God of balance. God is Now, if you have a marriage that's like that, it just gives you more to pray about. Because you need God's help. If you both are strong in some areas and weak in the same areas, you got to pray a little harder to balance that out. But you know what does? Weakness 
causes me to value others. Because you know what? There are some of you, and I mean this sincerely, this is not a pun. There are some of you in here today that you're strong in my weak areas. But in other ways, I'm strong where you're weak. Because you know what? Today, there are some of you that will be on your mountain. There's some of you today in your valley. But I need some mountain dwellers in here today for us valley people because we need you to pull us up. But there will come a day when you're in the valley and we're on the mountain and we're going to pull you up. That's the beauty of being a part of it is because you know what? I can't make it on my own. There's something awesome about having somebody that just comes along and hits you and pats you on the back. Nothing big. Just says, you know what? I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. You may never call that person up, but the fact that you know that you're a part of a body where people care about you. Because what is the one thing the devil wants to get you to do? He wants to separate you. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to come in late and leave early. He wants you to feel like you're the only one. Nobody loves me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my... That's what he wants you to do, right? And he, what's the thing he says? Well, there's no love there anymore. And guess what? You know what the problem is? He tries to get brother to turn against brother, sister against brother, sister, because he knows the power of offense in the body. You know what? Have somebody from the outside mess with somebody in the family. They're going down. But have the family mess with the family. Woo! You guys, some of you know that you've been through it. Ain't nothing like family friction. It's one thing, outside friction, right? Because it's the family. We're sticking up for the family. But internal friction? Woo! They say blood runs thicker than water. Blood can produce some serious blood. And some of you know because you deal with it right now. But that's the beauty is my weakness causes me to value others. So again, what does my weakness do? My weakness guarantees God's help. My weakness keeps me humble. My weakness calls me to value others. And finally, my weakness gives God an opportunity for ministry. Why? Because God never wastes a hurt. Let me say that one more time. God never wastes a hurt. There's not one thing in your life that you've gone through that's a waste. Everything you've gone through that God has brought you through has got value. You may say, I don't know what the value is. You may not know today. But you know what so beauty I found is? I'm going to just be super, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very, very, probably too transparent with you. I'm always transparent, but I'm probably go too far. Uh, some of you know my story. I grew up in church. My dad is the founding pastor of Antioch, which is the church that we are a part of. I grew up in church. And I grew up not only in church, I grew up in a preacher's home, which I'm still trying to figure out that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm trying to raise three kids in a preacher's home. And growing up in a preacher's home, 
you deal with multiple things. Not only do you deal with the internal expectation that you go through, but there's also an external expectation. I'm, I'm, being, too, I'm being very open with you today. If one child acts up in church, everyone turns. But if the preacher's kid acts up in church, everybody watches. And growing up in church, I always had a love for God. I had a desire to live for God. I had a, I really did sincerely want to serve God. But I had some, I started having some struggles. And when I say struggles, I wish I could tell you it was struggles of typical teenage growing up. But they were bigger than that. I got involved in some stuff in my life. Thankfully, today, the Lord was very merciful and kept those things private and under his blood. I got, through, I got involved in some stuff. And it was really difficult for me during those period of time. Because there was one side of me that was saying, what is your problem? You shouldn't be dealing with this. But then there was this other side of me that had these struggles that I couldn't seem to overcome. They were, these were things that left unattended, they would, I wouldn't be here today. Left un, un, undealt with, no way I would be standing here today. I wouldn't even be in this room today. No way. They were that damaging to me. And I would not go back again and do those things over again. If I could go back today, oh my God. Mike, I would change them so, I would change them right now. Oh, would I ever change them? I got so many things I would love to go back and change. Isn't that the truth? Man, I, I got, I could probably sit here right now and give you 50 decisions I'd go back and change right now. 50. I wouldn't even have that. I would, there was no effort involved in it. I know, I got 50. I wouldn't have done that, wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done that, wouldn't have done that, wouldn't have done that. I say all that to say that in no way am I endorsing mistakes. No way I'm in, am I endorsing it's okay to hide behind the fact, well, you know, I'm just going to be this way because it's my weakness. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking for you to walk out today and continue down a road and just use the excuse, well, it's just the way it is because it's my weakness. I'm telling you that there's a path to victory over your weakness. And God gives you that weakness because he wants you to take that path. But I got to admit to you today, and I say this, and I'm not saying this to point fingers at me, to pat, so you come up the bat and go, yeah, what you said today, it's really true. You're a great guy. Don't, that's not what I'm saying. But I believe, I am so thankful today. I am so thankful today 
That even though I grew up in the church and, and I may not have the, the stories of all the stuff that I was involved in, all the stuff I did, all the things out there, and I've said this before, and I don't mean to offend anybody by saying this. I, I get so tired sometimes of people saying, well, I grew up in the church and I didn't smoke and I didn't drink and I didn't do drugs. But, and so God kept me. As if those are the only three sins in the Bible at all. That suddenly because you haven't done the three great sins of smoking, drinking, and doing drugs, that somehow you were... God help us! No, I didn't do drugs, I didn't smoke and drink, but I was a liar. I had flesh issues. I got involved in stuff I shouldn't have got involved in. And I was just as much of a sinner as those of you that were out there that drunk so much you couldn't see straight, shot yourself so much you couldn't walk straight, and did so much smoking you can't breathe straight. We're in the same boat, baby. We may have gotten there a different way, but we're walking the same path. Your path may have gone this way, but your, my path gone this way, but we all ended at the cross where we said, I need a Savior. Forgive me for saying that. Just something that drives me crazy. But I wouldn't go back today. I would go back if I could in the natural man. And I would change those things. But my spirit man looks back at those mistakes. And I said, thank God that I went through those things. And God brought me through. Because you know what? Today, I look at you. And I, we come from different backgrounds and different things. But I look at you. And, I, and God forbid, I don't look at you and go, get your act together. What's wrong with you? Because I know. It's only by the grace of God I can stand here in my weakness. So I'm not going to judge you for your weakness. You know what the beauty of it is? Do you know how we can get free of judgment in the church? Is we all admit we've got weaknesses. Because judgmental people don't admit that they've got weaknesses. But when I realize that I've got a weakness, and you realize you've got a weakness, I say to you, come on baby, we can make it together because we all need a Savior. I need a Savior. You need a Savior. We all need a Savior. It doesn't matter if you were like me in the last 37 years of your life, you've lived in church or you've been in here for 37 minutes. I'm not better than you and I don't somehow get a pass to the system because I need a Savior. And I can truly say today that it was the beauty of the hurt. And yeah, it was hurt I caused myself in a lot of ways. But it's that beauty of that hurt has made me to who I am today. Would I want to go through it again? No. No. That was a one-way ticket, no round trips. I don't want to go through it again. But I'm thankful for it today. Because I know that God has used those weaknesses and those hurts to be an avenue by which he works through. And you know what? You can look with regret. I'm not saying that, you know what? I'm not trying to excuse mistakes, okay? I'm not trying to say it's okay to make mistakes and you just can make all the mistakes you want because, you know, I'm just going to go out and do all this crazy stuff because God's going to use me with it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying... Some of you battle so much with regret, but you don't realize it was those things that you went through that can make you into who God wants you to be. Some things that are most 
the most unique and the most valuable are the things that have the most flaws. It's the things that are unique. It's the things that are one of a kind. And only you have a story like you do. I only have a story like I do. We're all unique. And that story can be a blessing. Because you know what? Bottom lines, if you look through scripture, God always uses weak people. Because he takes that weakness and turns it into strength. Let's look at a couple here. We're done. We're almost done. Look at Moses. If you go back and look at Moses, anger was one of Moses' greatest weaknesses. In fact, he had such an anger problem, he killed a man. He killed a man. He broke tablets of stone in anger. He struck a rock in anger. Yet only Moses and Jesus were called meek in the Bible. And meekness means anger under control. Only Moses and Jesus were called meek. Moses has a hothead. Anger was so easy for Moses, but the Bible called him meek, which was anger under control. Guess what? There were no anger management classes in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. He didn't know how to take a time out and do breathing techniques. The only way he was able to do that was he found that through God, you can do it. The only way. Because let's be honest, I won't ask those of you that have been through anger management, but let's be honest, they may give you some techniques, but it doesn't take it away. Exactly, it covers it up. But by, the Bible defined him as meek, anger under control. So David, David, let's go through the list. You know this, but let's just go back through it because it's just crazy to watch it. David killed a man after sleeping with his wife, with, his, with the man's wife, who wasn't David's wife, got her pregnant, lied about it. But God called him a man after his own heart. Abraham, the father of all believers, great man of faith. But if you look at Abraham's life, he really should have been called the father of doubt, not the man of faith. In fact, the Bible said that his faith was so great that his definition of faith, that God calls him faith, was counted unto him for righteousness. This guy had faith. What? This guy had so much doubt that he took God's plan into his own hands and now, 2,000 years ago, it's still a problem. Thousands of years ago, three, 4,000 years ago. How can that? Well, first thing, you know what that tells me? What God sees is not what man sees. Thank you, Jesus. Gideon! Gideon! Gideon was called the mighty man of valor. Do you know when the angel called Gideon a mighty man of valor? When he was hiding from the enemy because he was scared. He called him the mighty man of valor in the moment when he was being a coward and hiding from the enemy. Peter was called a rock. And he was probably the most unstable person in the Bible. Go back. That guy was crazy. 
You ever seen people, you can just see them and you just know they're crazy. They just have that look in their eye like, you just, you're just afraid if you just touch them the wrong way. It's on. Peter, to me, would have been one of those guys. He was just nutty. Nutty. Peter was the one that took out the sword, was going to take on all the people for Jesus' sake. Peter was the one that Jesus is walking along, and Peter's trying to be all Peter, and he walks around and looks at Peter and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. But you're a rock. Woo! What? You're a rock. Wait a minute. How can I be a rock? And he's telling me, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because God is able to work through my weakness. What are all these people telling? There's more. There's more. There's more people. There's more to all this. We could go through the Bible, name after name after name, story after story, where we see God balance out someone's weakness and cause a greater streak. What does that tell me today? That tells me this. Stretch out my withered hand. I can't, I don't want to hide my weakness. I can't hide my weakness anymore. I don't want to go around ashamed of my weakness. I don't want to go around trying to pretend it's not there. Stretch out your hand. And let God take your weakness. Because he'll take that weakness and he'll be your greatest strength. What you can't change, God will use to become your greatest avenue of relationship and blessing in your life. We're doing all kinds of stuff recently. It seems like it's just an ongoing thing the last couple of weeks. Actually, the last few months, really. We're doing a lot of things. We're trying to help you grow in God. We're doing discipleship things. We're doing small groups. We've got stuff going on here. We've got, pro, we got, we've got, we've got things over here and stuff we're giving to you, all with an effort to grow. But there's some things as we grow, actually we become more exposed in your life. And sometimes growth actually can bring discouragement, Brother Jetty, because as I grow in other areas, I find that I'm actually weaker in some areas. And there will become a point where some of you will get frustrated with this because they'll be like, why am I not going past where I am? But I pray in Jesus' name that as you get to that point, you will look at the fact that it's the weakness that's actually going to be a place for God to manifest his power. Do you know where the supernatural flows? I want to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you to answer this question on your own. And that's simply this. How many of you want to see God's supernatural power flow in your life? Do you know where the supernatural flows? In weakness. Because the Bible says it was weakness in which the power of God can work. Very rarely will God ever call you in a place that doesn't expose a weakness. Why? Because it's that weakness in which he will be strong. We all have talents in here today. We all have gifts. We all have things we can offer. Some of you are so talented. You got so many things. It's amazing. It's, it's awesome that God has blessed us with so many wonderful, talented people. But the careful thing, the hard part about being talented is it's easy to do those things without God. It's easy to fall into the habit and the trap of being able to do all that without God. 
But you see, it's my weakness that I know I can't do this on my own. It keeps me going back to the cross and it keeps me connected to that Savior that I don't get to the point where I can finally say, Jesus, thanks for the help, but I got this. Because it's that weakness that keeps me going back to the cross. I can say, God, I need you today more than I needed you yesterday. Because you know what happens? You find, for those of you that are starting your journey with God and those of you that have been on your journey for God for many years, to me, this is one of the beauty things that you find is the closer you get to God, the more you realize you need Him. It's not really the opposite. You would think the more the closer you get to God, the more you know, he does things in your life and you're like, I got it. But actually it's the opposite. The closer I get to him, the more I realize I need him. Because the closer I get to him, the more my weaknesses are magnified. But more his strength is made perfect in me. So what are we trying to say today? I'm trying to say we could come down here today and I could say, let's give our weaknesses to God. You can come here today and you could, you can, you could hand your weakness. And there may be a time we do that down the road, but I don't, I'm not, that's not today because you know what? We can come here today and we can, we can boohoo. Oh, we got to give it to you. But really, can I be honest with you? It'll be more of a pity party than it will be a faith thing. Because we'll have people come down, they'll pray for us. Oh, and we're just like, I know I got weaknesses. Oh, and they're like, I know you have weaknesses. Oh, we're all oh, together and nothing's being done. And we shed tears and nothing happens. We just all feel better about ourselves because we all have weaknesses. We'll sit here and we boohoo and we cry. And I'm not against praying. We do it. We're going to do it again. But today it's not about coming down to an altar and falling on your face and boohooing and praying and saying, Oh God, oh God, I've got weaknesses. Oh God. But it's about what are you going to do when you leave this place? Do you not realize what God's trying to do? Those of you that are members of Antioch West, do you realize what God's been trying to do the last couple of months as we transition to a new culture? God's trying to take what's done in here outside those doors. Not just the experience of the gospel, but what God does in your life here, that it's not happened here, and by the time you get to the car, it's all gone. But actually, the seed of it's planted here, so that when you go home, the fruit of it happens in your life. But what good is it if we, if we minister and we preach, and you feel good here on Sunday, but you wake up the same place on Monday? God's trying to change the dynamic that it's not just about what because that's why sometimes I have to be led of the spirit and I'm trying to finish, but that's why I've got to be led of the spirit because sometimes we want everything to begin or to end with an altar call. And there's times where we need to pray, but there's sometimes when we pray and that's it and we finish and when the time we get into the car, it's over and done with. But that's not what God wants us to do. He wants to take what we put in here out there because you know what? It's easy to admit I have a weakness sitting in these seats because it's safe because everybody here is admitting they have a weakness. But what happens on Monday when I get up? Because what would Paul say? Three times I begged the Lord for it to leave me, but his reply has been, my grace is enough for you. For where there is weakness, my power is shown more completely. Therefore, I have cheerfully made up my mind to be proud of my weakness. So you know what? Today, 
in Jesus' name that begins the seed. It's not a supernatural experience that comes and you just boo-hoo about the fact that you're weak. But it's the fact that you leave here and you make up your mind, what are you going to do about your weaknesses? That's the biggest thing. Because if you make up in your mind what you're going to do about it, it's going to, it's going to drive you to Jesus on Monday. You're going to find yourself at the cross on Tuesday. You're going to find yourself looking for a Savior on Wednesday. You're going to find yourself in need of Jesus on Thursday. You're going to find yourself calling out to Him on Friday. You're going to find yourself seeking for Him on Saturday. But if all about what happened here, you'll just say, I got a weakness. See you Sunday. And you'll just bounce from Sunday to Sunday. And nothing will ever get done in your life. And God will simply become a butler and a genie that simply tries to solve your problems. And you'll never know the experience that happens to have a full relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand today? Father, you have us on a journey. It was ordained by you. It was established by you. We are walking according to the path that you've laid before us. Step by step. Day by day. Gathering by gathering. Moment by moment. God, you are walking with us. And Lord, by your help and grace today, I pray, God, that you would continue this process in us to make us and to form us and to mold us into becoming disciples of you that we can become a disciple of you. A disciple that is weak because we know we have a God who's strong. That we can walk with you not on Sunday, but walk with you on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. That our relationship with you is not a one day a week affair, but our relationship with you becomes a lifestyle of discipleship. That every day we get up, we need you. Every moment we go, every night we go to bed, we need you. I pray, God, give us the revelation as you gave Paul. Give us the revelation as you gave Paul. I speak that into this place today, that we can find strength in weakness in Jesus' name. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord one more time, and let's just thank him. Can we do that? Come on, let's just thank him today. Praise you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. I uh, I love you today. I worship you today. I glorify you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Make sure you greet somebody. And if you could, please give us a moment and help us as we break down today. And please come back and be with a small group this evening. Come back and see us again next week. God bless you.